Welcome to Vibing Consciously, the podcast dedicated to deep discussions about spiritual healing and enlightenment. Hi everyone, I'm Kat. And I'm Sarah. We're the hosts of the Vibing Consciously podcast, where we explore the power of conscious living together. In this podcast, we dive deep into the realms of self-love, self-awareness, and self-transformation. We don't just talk about it, we actively live and breathe it. Always holding each other accountable as we navigate this journey together. That's right. We're two best friends on our own journey to healing, supporting each other despite our own beliefs and personal experiences. Through honest conversations, introspection, and connecting with our listeners, we uncover valuable insights, tools, and practices that support our constant evolution. By going inward, we unravel the mysteries of our own selves, and we're here to pass everything along that we've learned on our journey. You'll get to witness firsthand what the road to enlightenment looks like from the inside. Join us now as we dive into more healing, happiness, and wholeness. Whether you're a seasoned spiritual seeker or just starting on your path, Vibing Consciously is a podcast for you. Get ready to immerse yourself in discussions that will uplift your spirit, expand your consciousness, and inspire you to embrace your own self-love journey. Let's Vibe Consciously. In this episode of Vibing Consciously, we'll delve into a fascinating and transformative healing experience as I share my journey with a Venezuelan medicine woman. In a world where conventional medicine often takes center stage, we explore the hidden healing methods explored in other countries, often dismissed as sometimes woo-woo in the United States, yet possessing the profound potential to revolutionize our health and well-being. My narrative will unfold as I recount how the medicine woman used unconventional techniques to unlock deep-seated trauma and facilitate profound healing. In this episode, I'll highlight the remarkable ability of the medicine woman to address emotional and physical wounds by applying pressure to specific points on the body. These touch-based methods serve as a bridge to access and release stuck trauma, allowing for a profound transformation in my life. Moreover, the medicine woman's unique skill set transcended language barriers as she was able to narrate my entire life story simply through her intuitive touch on these key points, emphasizing the power of holistic healing practices that have been marginalized in Western medicine. Join us as we explore the incredible world of alternative healing and challenge the notion that some practices may be dismissed as woo-woo. My personal journey serves as a powerful testament to the profound healing potential found in embracing diverse healing traditions from around the globe. This episode offers a fresh perspective on the intersection of culture, health, and spirituality, inviting our listeners to consider the limitless possibilities that exist outside of the conventional medicine paradigm. And I can't wait to share it with you. Welcome back to another episode of Vibing Consciously. Hello, everybody. We're super excited because we haven't seen each other since last week. It's a really <laughs> it's long been time. So long. <laughs> and usually when we see each other, we're doing the podcast. We're not hanging out doing friend things. So today I have a super cool story that I really want to tell Sarah. And we don't have extra time to do it outside of the podcast. So guess what we're doing? And tell it on the podcast. Yep. So this will be the first time I hear the story along with you guys. Woo! Do you ever like see yourself expressing with your hands while you're sitting here talking like you're talking to a whole freaking audience and there's nobody there. It's just cats artwork. The jaguar <laughs> is staring into your soul. Let me talk to you. Giraffes, jaguar, monkey dogs. Anyway, let's hear your story uh, on that random note. <laughs> guess we should just do a video podcast then. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> And it is different. Mm-hmm. All right. So for my story, we just had Karen Hall on the podcast talking about disclosure and Dr. Stephen Greer. I'm sure you guys remember. So she mentioned in the podcast that she has been seeing this Venezuelan medicine woman. So this medicine woman is here to help her daughter move into an apartment. And she wasn't originally planning on working while she was here, but she's here a little longer than she was supposed to be. So she's working and um, earning money while she's here because in Venezuela, she does medicine, but she is um, very intuitive. She's an energy healer and she presses on uh, meridian points and rubs against meridian points in your body. Mm -hmm. And 
when I first sat down, she checks your blood pressure, your pulse, and your wrist. And she kind of started smiling when when she was feeling mine because she said, oh, you have a lot of electricity. Wow, you have a lot of electricity in your hands. And I said, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I'm an energy healer, so I would suspect that I would have electricity in my hands. And I do burn out computers because I have a lot of electricity in my hands. And there's a story behind that, but we won't get into that. But I didn't tell her anything before this appointment. I didn't tell her any health issues I had, any questions I had, any trauma I have. I didn't tell her anything because I was so nervous going in there because I get really um, overstimulated easily. And she doesn't speak any English. So there was a translator there. And so there was a lot of Spanish being thrown around. And I don't know what they're saying. And that makes me feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I knew that she wasn't saying anything bad. But, you know. And um, so I didn't tell her anything. And so after she, after I said, okay, I guess that's a good thing. She said, well, um, it's neither positive or negative, but it's very rare. And so I said, okay, well, I guess that's cool. And she also reads your aura. So she told me my aura is blue, Hmm. but she also said, I've never seen anyone's aura like yours because usually we have five auric layers and we can see one when we know how to look at auras. And sometimes people can, can get really good and look at the upper layers, but I guess it's more difficult. But she said that outside of my blue, there was a yellow layer. And she said that the yellow kind of amplifies the effects of the blue. And the blue is very creative, artistic, musical, all these things that I am. Mm -hmm. And again, she's like, she's acting not like she's in shock, but she's surprised. Like, this is interesting, kind of. Mm -hmm. I guess she was intrigued by it would be the word. And I have been getting told a lot here lately that I'm very special, I'm very powerful, I'm unique, all these things. And it's wonderful and great. And I appreciate all these kind words, but I don't see myself like that. And I know that that's something that I have to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I don't see myself separate from anyone. I don't see myself as better or more powerful than anyone else. Everyone else that walks with me on this planet has the same abilities that I do. They're just not consciously aware of it, where I'm tapping more into it on a conscious level. Mm-hmm. But um, she got me on the table, and she told me, when I go over points, let me know where it hurts. So she started with my feet, <laughs> and I guess um, she had this, um, like, crystal kneading wand or something like that. I don't even know what it's called, but massage therapists use it. And she started rubbing it against the side of my big toe. And immediately I was like, oh my God, in so much pain. It hurt so bad. And she just rubbed it, rubbed it, rubbed it, rubbed it, rubbed it. And then she would say better. And I would say, yeah, okay, it's getting better. It's getting better. Like the more she rubbed it, like I had to get through that pain. And So then she started doing other points on my legs. And again, I have not told this woman anything. Mm -hmm. And she goes, have you been raped and molested? Mm. And uh, she didn't say or. She said and. Mm. So when she said that, I was in shock. Mm. And I... I'm an energy healer, okay? I know how energy works in the body, and I have my own intuitive gifts, and the things that I've been seeing in people is pretty incredible. But for her to just call me out like that, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Um, and I don't tell many people the second part of that. Sometimes I'll talk about sexual abuse, but I don't go into detail of it. And when she said that, I said yes. And um, she said okay, I can feel it in your body. And what I'm about to do is probably really going to hurt. And I need you to not touch me, but feel the pain. Let yourself cry. If you need to scream, you can scream. You're in a safe place, but it's going to hurt. Breathe through it. 
So I was like, oh, God. Okay. Mm. And she touched the spot. Oh, my God, Sarah. Oh, my God. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. And, like, immediate tears. But the, the crazy thing is, though, is, like, the initial, I had the physical pain. But then the pain turned purely emotional. Where I could still feel the physical, obviously. But I was, like, seeing memories in my head and having to feel that the energy she was moving the energy out Mm. and um she also touched a couple of other points where she said um okay this is your thyroid and this and that and then she gets to another point and she said what's going on with your mom and I said well I don't really talk to my mom and my mom had uh, multiple personalities, dissociative identity disorder. When I was five, she was diagnosed. And she had up to 13 personalities at one time. And they all treated me differently. And um, one especially was very abusive. And as a five-year-old, having to look at your mom and have her abuse you, and then all of a sudden switch and say, oh my God, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I love you. I love you. I love you. The mind fuckery that happens with that, it, mm-hmm. any child that has a parent with dissociative identity disorder or borderline personality disorder, because later in my life, I figured out that she was borderline. That wasn't a thing back then. I am with you because <laughs> it is so hard. And when I told her this, she had another spot. that sent me the same thing and luckily after that because I was crying the whole time after that her daughter is a massage therapist so her daughter they'll move you to another bed and her daughter will actually massage you to where you're not in like all that excruciating pain Mm -hmm. and when she was massaging me is really when a lot of it came out where I just started thinking in my head like I didn't deserve that and Thinking as a five-year-old, seeing my mom do that and tapping back into how I felt in that moment where I've always been told, your mom is sick. She can't help it. She doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't remember when she comes back out of it. Therefore, you cannot be upset at her. Hmm. And so as a kid, (laughs) I learned to shove down my emotions at a very young age because I wasn't allowed to feel them. I I was guilted when I felt my emotions. Like, how dare you not act like you love your mother? Or how dare you not hug your mother? And all these things. And so I was thinking that as she was massaging me and thinking about stuff with my dad and other things that have happened in relationships. You know, all this stuff is coming up. And it's horrible but incredible at the same time. Because nobody wants to relive their pain. (laughs) It hurts a lot. And some people may say, well, you're just dwelling in the past. Okay, well, if dwelling in the past is going to heal me because the five-year-old me wasn't able to cry when her mom was abusing her, then I'll dwell in the fucking past all day long. Because that five-year-old deserves my love. She deserves for me to dwell there for a minute and give her that. That's what she's needed. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here now on this healing journey because that little five-year-old me has been locked in there for so long that she's about to explode. She's tired of holding all that. So afterwards, get dressed and all that and go back out. And Karen is on the table getting work done and... I can hear her in there, and the daughter was talking to me, the girl who massaged me, and she started crying and was saying, you are so special and unlike any other person I've ever met in my life, your energy and your presence being around you, I have never felt this way in the presence of anyone else. And she started saying, um, You know, I know that everything happens for a reason and God brings us people in our life at a certain time for reasons. And I know that 
you were meant to be here today and we were meant to meet. And again, the language barrier, <laughs> I was, it, I don't know, it was so weird because I could feel what she was saying. I knew what she was saying. She couldn't speak any English either? She's So she can speak a little bit of English, mm-hmm. but it was still very choppy. And when she was talking to me because she was speaking from her heart, it was all Spanish. Mm. And the translator was having to, um, to go back and forth and say things. And the translator was crying. <laughs> and um, I was just sitting there like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like, where am I at? And uh, so then Karen gets done, and the daughter goes and massages Karen, and then I'm with uh, the medicine woman. And I was telling the woman, because she was asking me, how are you feeling, and all this, and I told her, I'm feeling good, but I've had this pain in my jaw for like a week, that it's just getting worse and worse and worse, and I keep massaging it, and it won't come out, and I can feel this huge knot And um, I'm pretty sure that I've said it on the podcast before, but I have like major issues with my jaw and it swings to the side and I'm supposed to get all of this reconstructive surgery and they're supposed to break my jaw. And then I have to go through years of orthodontic treatment and biofeedback and physical therapy. Mm, The list goes on. So again, Mm -hmm. why I found energy work, because I didn't Mm -hmm. want to go through all of that And I heard through a little birdie that you can heal yourself through meditation. So I would much rather just sit my ass down than go through a decade of extensive and traumatic surgeries to my Mm -hmm. face. (laughs) So that's what I've been doing. And um, I've had incredible results. But as you work on these things. And I'm sure that people know when you're in physical therapy and stuff like that, it hurts like a bitch when you first start, but it's the energy working itself out. It's a pain working itself out. It's like when you're sore from a workout, the best thing to do is to work out and stretch again, because that energy is trying to move out. So I figured I would bring it up to her, this thing in my jaw, because she just told me my whole entire life on the bed, because there was more stuff that she asked me to And, um, so she had me lay down on the couch and put my head in her lap. And she told me again, don't touch me. It's going to hurt. Oh man. And even when I went in for, um, for treatments on my jaw at the doctor, when they would touch certain points in on my gums or my jaw, I would come off the seat. And that's just by a little itty bitty touch, a little pressure. And she was going to town on that thing. I mean, she was really putting pressure in there. And I mean, I was crying, shaking, didn't scream because I I do have a very high pain tolerance. But like I said, the physical pain is one thing, but whatever she was doing wasn't working on the, well, it was working on the physical pain, but she's going deeper. She's in the root of the problem to the emotional pain. She's where the energy is holding in my body, and she is moving it out. And it hurt. It really, really hurt. And then she said, um, I'm trying to think of which thing she said first. Okay, anyway, it it doesn't matter. But she said, why don't you want to go home? And I said, go home where I live right now? And she said, yes. And I'm kind of a recluse. And through this spiritual journey, I have thought many times that it would be much easier just to do this alone. And not that I would ever abandon my family, but just because I'm a human being, I have these thoughts. Because this journey is so hard. Picking yourself apart and being in the up and down waves constantly. Doing it by yourself is hard enough, but bringing somebody else into it with you, especially a child, And a husband whom you love, sometimes it feels a little unfair to me. But I also know that I am helping them by helping myself. So the thing that's telling me it's unfair is is ego and not the reality. But I told her, well, I guess it's just easier for me to be alone because that's what I thought. And she said, no, it's not that. Your home is not a good place for you spiritually, and you know it. 
So here's the thing. We just moved in November. And <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Sarah's been seeing November a lot. Um, <laughs> but we just moved this past November. And it was so stressful. And probably the most traumatic time we've gone through as a family. And my husband and I, we did move a lot before we had our daughter. And she went through a couple of moves as a baby, but then only one really major move into our home before we moved into this house. I think she was three or something, two or three. She was really young, so it didn't really affect her that much. But now she's nine, and so moving into a new home when she's used to a community of friends and a school with friends and and all that, it's been a lot. And it's been a lot for us, too, because the home that we're in now, we totally manifested. We made a whole list, and this is where I'm seeing I messed up. This is where I'm learning from my teachings. So I'm just going to put this out there. So I've heard in several spiritual books When you're manifesting, don't be too specific. Because when you get too specific, you may think you know what you want. But then once you get that thing, you realize it's actually not in your best interest to have it. But the universe conspires in your favor. So when you put in your request, the universe gives it to you. If you focus your energy on that, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. The universe is going to give it to you because ultimately everything is an experience. And so your higher self will let you learn and not really give a rat's ass about it. They're like, oh, this this will be interesting. So we were very specific when we manifested our house. And there was a couple of things that we had to settle on, quote unquote. I really wanted it to back up onto woods and we don't have woods in the back of our house. But little things like that. The rest is to a T what we manifested. But since we've moved in here, the very first day we moved in, I got into a horrible fight with my brother, which cut off our relationship for six months. And then we got into a horrible fight with my in-laws, which also changed the trajectory of our relationship. And then it's been one thing after another with our daughter, with us in a relationship. We've talked about divorce when we first moved in. Probably within the first week, we talked about divorce. There is some energy in this house that I have felt since probably the first week we moved in because I was saging. I got a feng shui consultant in here because I said there's something in this house. And I thought it was the energy of the people who lived here before us because the people who were here before us was an older couple. They had a young son who was like a hellion. From what I understand, they had all these special locks put on the windows because I guess he's attempted to jump out of the window for fun before. Crazy stuff. And the mom had to break into the back door because when we moved in, our door jam was cracked all the way down the middle of it. We found out that she had to kick in the, the door because he locked himself inside the house. So there was weird stuff happening before we got here. And then they moved, and all of our neighbors did not like them. They all were like, oh, they were snooty and mean and all these things. And so I'm putting all these things together. And when she said, and you know it, I just got a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, oh God, because the house we have now is also big and I was raised poor. And I always looked at homes like this with dreamy eyes. I didn't ever think that I would have one. And now we do, and it feels super uncomfortable for me. I'm embarrassed having friends over because I feel like my house is so big that it's going to make them feel bad or it's going to make me look like I only care about material possessions when I don't. Again, a lot of stuff I have to work through. Well, if it helps, I look at it as my second home that I don't sleep at. (laughs) But sometimes you can (laughs) sleep at when you watch our pups. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, but it's been interesting living here and, um, now we're almost in it a year and the arguments are only getting worse and things are getting more and more heated with our daughter, especially she's having such a hard time. 
And our marriage is better because we're both doing this work. And we've really both went in head first into Dr. Joe's work, especially. So we're communicating better. We're loving each other more openly. And we're really getting to figure each other out through this. But with our daughter, it's been hard. So when she said that, I just, um, I just said, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know. But right now we have another opportunity coming up that you know about. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about it here because it's in current manifestation. So, <clears throat> you know, we don't tell many people about things while we're manifesting them. <laughs> um, but it seems like an incredible opportunity, but it may move us. And I am so nervous <laughs> that that's what it's going to do. Because I said I never wanted to move to this place. And I guess that's what the universe does because God has a really funny sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said you never want to move there? Well, good thing you told me that because now we want to give you that experience, see what it's really like. <sighs> but it could be great. It could be excellent. But it's a huge change, a huge change, the biggest one that I've made because I've always stayed close to my brother. So that's a big thing. And my brother has moved away before, but I've never moved away. So I've always had my similar atmosphere. And before I went to this medicine lady, I got my six month astrology forecast done too. That also said the same thing that because I did a location report and it said at this location that there's abuse, even rape, murder, here? Here. Ooh. At this specific location, geologically or geographically. Wow. And I was telling Nick, because I showed him the report, and I said, what the heck is up with this? And um, I believe in astrology, and I do know that some of it can be taken negative when it is really not negative. It's just like inner death and stuff like that, you know, metaphors. But every astrology report I've ever done, it lines up to a T, <laughs> It told us when we were going to move into this house and when I was going to go to Joe Dispenza and when we were going to travel and do all these different things. So I, I trust in astrology. And when I read this, I got really scared. And I showed it to Nick and he said, well, do you think it's just showing you like this house is going to trigger you to work through those things? Because you've already been through that. You've already had all of that in your life. So maybe it's just triggering you to work through this because look at the history since we've been here. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, you're probably right. But then the medicine lady said that. And I was like, oh, shit. And then not only that, she touches another spot in my jaw, which is so painful, where I was like this close to screaming. And she said, scream, let it out. And I'm like, lady, If I scream and I let out every ounce of scream I have inside of me, this place will be surrounded by cops in two seconds, okay? You do not want me to release the demons inside of me right here in your apartment. But I appreciate the offer. So I just cried. But then she said when she was hitting the spot, don't ever take your life. Not now, not ever. You are too bright of a light to leave this world, and you are here for a bigger purpose, and you need to be here for your daughter, too. Oh, shit. And I've contemplated suicide a lot. It's been a regular thing in my life. And uh, my cousin commits suicide. My brother struggled. It, it's been a thing in my family, and we were encouraged to do it. It was like a rite of passage. Like, yeah, you know, if you do it, just like you go out as the knight in shiny armor, Good for you for giving up. Good for you. But anyway, but I haven't thought about it a lot recently, but I do struggle with being on this planet. There is so much hate and judgment and war and destruction and chaos and the fact that we can't even get fresh water. Mm -hmm. It kills me. And it, it makes me fear for my daughter, too. Because I'm saying if it's this bad for us, and it's changed so much, so dramatically in our lifetime, what is it going to look like for her? How am I supposed to raise my daughter to believe in a world that I don't even believe in half the time? That I'm having to fight to believe in right now? Because that's what this is. That's what spirituality is. It is a fight between good and evil of the mind. You're trying to conquer 
all of this that is projected back to you as war because of the inner war that we have going on inside of ourself. Every single person on this planet is at war with themselves because we are a collective here that's at war with each other. So how am I supposed to enjoy being here? Which I'm working on. And I'm, I will say more times than others, I have noticed this tremendous shift in my attitude. And I can al always go back to how it was. We all can, but I have noticed this shift where I am starting to see more beauty in the world. And I am starting to run into more kindness. And I feel like ever since I've separated myself from the news and a lot of negative people in my life, and I've gotten that energy out of my life, it's allowing more joy in my life. But the 35 years of programming still tells me to be cautious sometimes. But now I'm being less cautious, which some can look at as good or bad. But I like to believe that everybody is inherently good. And if I'm going to throw that out to the universe, then guess what? That's what I'm going to get back. But if I fear people and I say, oh, I'm going to go to this medicine lady and she's going to be a kook and probably put a curse on me, then that's probably what will happen. That will be my experience. But I went into it and I said, you know what? I trust Karen and she has seen wonderful results with this woman. So I'm just going to give it a try and see what happens. And it was um, a day that I think could have changed the trajectory of my life hmm. because I came back, which... I haven't even finished with all the stuff that we experienced there because she was saying all this other stuff. After her daughter came out um, and Karen was sitting there, we were all crying. We were all crying because she just, they were going on about how awesome I am, hmm. which to me is weird, but I guess it's pretty cool because I have to look at it like there aren't a whole lot of people who are going to drop everything in their life and start a podcast to teach people how to heal from trauma. There's a whole lot of people in this world that really could care less about that and would like to complain about it more. So I guess I do have a gift, but, um, you know, it's hard stepping into that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But after I came back home and I talked to Nick, he, he's been feeling the same thing and has been lying to himself just like me because I've been blaming it on everything because, you know, I just painted the downstairs bathroom. And the day that I painted the bathroom, Nick and I got into an argument and I said... I feel like I still haven't moved into this house. I, f I still feel like there's a disconnection from the house and we have to change the energy of it somehow. And all the walls are gray. We need some color. We need to warm it up. And, you know, I was telling him, I enjoy change. I enjoy these upgrades and stuff like that. But really, and yes, I do. But really, if I look down deep and I'm honest with myself, I'm doing it because I don't feel, um, I don't want to say safe, because I do feel safe, um, aligned. I don't feel aligned here. I have days in my personality where I'm aligned, but not with the house. And there have been many days where I've been out and about doing things and I feel great. And then as soon as I pull in the driveway, I say, oh, God, but I've been blaming it on me, on our relationship, on our daughter, you know, not transitioning to school, my family. I've been blaming it on everything except for the house because I don't want to move. <laughs> it's so stressful to move. So I don't know what is going to happen, but I had a really incredible experience with a Venezuela medicine woman. I'm going to go back next week. Wow. Because she said um, the stuff with the jaw, her daughter told me that she does not do this to people, that she was doing it to me because she felt an urgency to it. Hmm. So I don't know what she saw or felt or whatever, but I'm trusting her and I hope to God that she'll train me on this because the way that she told me everything everything. And she went into detail about it. Yeah. Well, did your mom do this? Well, what about your brother? Did he do this or did he say this? And then, um, what about your relationship with yourself in this area? How do you feel about yourself in this area? Because she's just pressing on different points. And from what I know about meridians, sometimes when they're sunken in there's it's a blockage or the energy flow isn't going. So maybe that's what it is. Hmm. 
I don't know how she knows, but it's magic. And it is such a disservice that we're cut off from this in the United States, that these indigenous cultures still live out here and do this every day in life. That's what she does is her job. And she's worshipped over there. And here she's looked at as a crazy lunatic. Hmm. Woo-woo lady. Come on. I don't know. Science and medicine has plagued our brains and made us think that that is the only thing available to us, and it is not. And I'm telling you, I'm not lying with my jaw. I need so much work, and it would take at least a decade of surgeries and physical therapy, biofeedback, braces, and the work that I've done on my jaw in the last six months has fixed a lot of the problem. Now, I have started physical therapy because they think that it is also coming from different spots in my back and in my hip. But it feels so much better now, and I can sing with my mouth open more and project more. I can chew my food without excruciating pain. If I had have gotten surgery, my jaw would be wired shut, and then I would have to go through physical therapy on how to open and close my jaw again and... And I didn't have to do any of that. All I had to do was just breathe and go through my trauma. But I'm sure a lot of people would rather get surgery than face their trauma. Crazy. But yeah, that's my story. Personally, I'd rather just face the trauma because surgery is really expensive. Really expensive. And it sucks. Mm. I've had a lot of surgeries, a lot of different experiences, and it sucks. Like, not only the being cut open and poked and prodded and pieces removed, but, like, the anesthesia part of it, too. Oh, Mm -hmm. I hate that. Being in the hospital and having to go back to the hospital and risk of infection and side effects from medication that you have to take because of the surgery. The way that we think as humans blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. I don't know how we got here. But the fact that people say to me all the time, oh, yeah, like, I'm supposed to have this back surgery done. And I say, oh, well, usually back is linked with this or this or this, depending on what spot in the back emotionally. No, that's not true. I'm just going to go get my back surgery and be laid on my back for 12 weeks and then have to go through physical therapy because I don't want to look outside of my own beliefs. Mm Mm-hmm. And look at myself and be honest and say, oh, yeah, she's kind of right. Maybe I am holding some anger or some resentment. Hmm. Nope. I'd rather not. I'll just sign up for surgery. Thank you. Here's your check. I'll go bankrupt now. Woohoo! Now I get to spend the rest of my retirement paying off medical bills. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. I was listening to... uh... One of my friends, actually, she was on this podcast with us, Natalie. Mm-hmm. She's been sending me these videos of his name is Reverend Ike. He's dead. He's long gone. Anyway, she is sending it to me because it's kind of a way to help me understand things a little bit better because he takes apart bits and pieces of things that I was raised around and stuff like that. He will break things apart and he said in this one episode um or this one preaching whatever you want to call it he's like why are people always talking about having a heart attack your heart didn't attack you but he's just like it's like it's he's like it's all a mind thing he's like you're doing it to yourself and i was just like oh my gosh mm-hmm. you know with people yep and especially with the big c I do a lot of research on cancer and Mm -hmm. how it's linked with anger and repressed emotions. And I just did a blog post on this. If you want to check it out, it's really interesting because I included some really interesting links to research studies that they've done at Harvard and Stanford and these big universities, pretty much proving that disease is specifically linked with repressed emotions. That's all disease 
Mm-hmm. All disease is linked with repressed emotions and it holds differently in different places in your body, depending on what you've repressed. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I have adrenal fatigue. I went to adrenal fatigue, um, little short of a year ago, which now I'm feeling so much better because Dr. Joe's work has, I think he's totally turned it around. Mm-hmm. But adrenal fatigue, when you look at it from a scientific standpoint, it happens when you have no more cortisol left and you're just operating on pure adrenals from stress. And people don't get adrenal fatigue just because Adrenal fatigue happens over decades, not just a year or a few months, but over decades of trauma and high stress. And your cortisol is pumping, 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 and your adrenals are pumping, pumping, pumping. And eventually your body says, all right, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. But if I look at it from um, the view of Western medicine, okay, it's caused from stress, We know this, but they would only treat me by giving me cortisone, cortisone shots, which is horrible for you, has some serious freaking side effects. And I would have to be on steroids long term, which also has horrible side effects. But they will never look at you and say, all right, we know that adrenal fatigue is from stress. Where are you stressed out in your life? And where have you been stressed out in your life? Because this doesn't just happen off of one occurrence of trauma. This happens over several decades. So tell me about what you've gone through. Let's get your life back on track. Let's not medicate and make you worse and give you more side effects and symptoms. Let's target the root of the problem here. And let's say, where have you been stressed? And maybe get you talking to a therapist or EMDR treatment or something. But doctors don't say that. And when you go in with a heart attack, they don't say, where are you repressing your emotions in your heart? Where have you not opened your heart up at? No. They say you've got clogged arteries from eating too many cheeseburgers. And that's what it is. Mm. I'm sorry that's not what it is. Because if you're eating too many cheeseburgers, why are you eating too many cheeseburgers? Why are you eating like shit all the time? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like you're, you deserve shit food? Because that's what it is. It's always something deeper. Always something deeper. And people in other cultures know this. And we have yet to adopt it. And I'm reading a book right now called The Myth of Normal which is so eye-opening. I encourage anybody out there to read it. If you want to know about how trauma is linked with disease, the author of The Myth of Normal has gone into detail about so many studies and um, world-renowned scientists that have done this. So it's not just one of those things where it's based on philosophical beliefs. It's actually scientific proof. And he even talks about how... um, People with ALS show a reoccurring personality trait of being too nice, of doing things for everyone else. It's incredible. And they've even shown that kids' allergies are linked to parents' emotional state. (laughs) So it doesn't even have to be in you. You can link it to your kids, too, how you're feeling, which is insane. But if you think about it, our kids are tapped into us so much more than what we know. And if we are holding something within ourselves, they can pick up on that and then their bodies can start reacting to that. Because I know me personally as a kid, stuff would happen and I would always think it's my fault, like something that I did, when really it had nothing to do with me. But you adopt that belief and then it affects your body. So if a person is fighting their environment, if they don't like their environment, if they're not liking something external coming into them, they'll have an allergic reaction. It's crazy. Hmm. Crazy, crazy. And look at all these kids with allergies nowadays. Something that mommy and daddy ain't dealing with. I was going to say that I find it interesting how you will, you speak with a therapist, Mm -hmm. you saw a medicine woman, Mm -hmm. you get Reiki done regularly. Mm -hmm. You, what else do you do on a regular? 
I study all the time. I do shadow work. I paint. I meditate. Well, minus all that. Minus all that. I meditate. I do shadow work. You're just talking about external stuff that I do. Yes. I do acupuncture sometimes, chiropractic. Okay, I do that. That's beyond. But I'm talking about more of your woo-woo stuff. Oh, woo-woo stuff. Um, Oh, yeah, a lot of stuff. I get a lot of stuff done. (laughs) Different stuff. So I was just, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I was thinking of how, like, you go and do all this stuff. Me, I almost just do, like, a form of self-healing with myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll be my own therapist. Yeah, as far as like mentally stuff, mental stuff, but I've never, I've never had to go to a therapist personally to talk that stuff through because I don't really like, I'm like, I have friends to talk to for this. Like, I don't need to share all this information with a stranger unless they can just like read my thoughts magically, <laughs> which I know you're not going to agree with any of this, but I've been on this journey for a year and a half. I have not seen a therapist. I did get Reiki done by you once. Very short. Yeah. But I feel like all the healing that has happened has happened from me sitting in those thoughts, those emotions, not always talking about it. And, you know, they say that in yoga, you know, you haven't spoken for an hour. You've done mindful movement meditation. I feel like somehow, you know, when you're speaking to the medicine woman, and stuff gets brought up. Well, when I'm doing yoga poses and stuff just pops up in the middle of yoga, that's my form of doing that healing, moving that energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but it was just a thought that occurred to me at how different we are and how we do things. Like, I do want to do more Reiki. I would probably go see a medicine woman I don't know it's just I don't feel an urge or a push to do this stuff it's just kind of like well if it happens it happens that's cool yeah I don't know it's weird I don't I don't again I don't know why I'm bringing this up I just thought it was interesting I mean that's good that you're bringing it up because there are other people who can't go to these places like I do and get all this stuff done and doing it yourself is absolutely possible I mean, that's the whole point. Like, you really want to do a lot yourself. And with you doing yoga, that moves out so much energy. But the difference between me and you is I have massive trauma. Mm -hmm. I have so much that's happened to me in my life that I haven't dealt with. And we all do. Um, But for me, it's a little different because it was just really horrific things that I just said, okay, yep, that happened and that's that. And so consciously my mind and my body has become programmed to be that way, just completely numb and shut off where I don't feel anything. So that's why I'm getting this work done because I feel like my belief is I do need someone outside of me. And especially the therapy, I I do encourage therapy and some other people in the spiritual community don't like therapy, but I do because when you talk to a professional outside of your friends, I'll give you the difference because when you talk to your friends in therapy, they're on team Sarah. They're not on team anybody else outside of Sarah. Well, then if that's the case, Kat, let's get down to the real seriousness and you need to have, uh, you know... I'm not Go a ahead and friend. regurgitate on me right now here on the podcast because <laughs> let's get honest here. Because I don't want you to always be Team Sarah. I, I Oh, you no, know, I'm not normal. I mean, I know you're not because you did have vomit, you know, diarrhea before. Yeah. And <laughs> it just comes right out and she'll just speak it all, which is great. Yeah, and I don't mind being devil's advocate. But a lot of other friends, yes. if your husband cheats on you, they'll say leave his ass. Yeah. They will not say, well, Sarah or whoever, why do you think he did that? What in your relationship needs to be fixed? Where is he lacking? And what is within you? Do you have fear that that would happen? Did you bring that to you? So that's a me friend. There's not a whole lot of conscious me friends out there. They say, leave his sorry ass. What a scumbag. You should hate him forever. I'm not that person. I don't look at it that way. But a therapist, though, there are certain chemical processes that happen in your brain when you experience trauma. 
especially as a child. If there are stuff that happens in between zero and seven, ages zero to seven, any sort of trauma, you are so moldable in those years. Why do you think they call them formative years? Because you are being formed and molded and manipulated into the person that you're going to become as an adult. And in between zero and seven, I don't know how many of you have a whole box full of memories from that time. I only have a handful, and I have more than I did before I was consciously aware of all this stuff because I've been digging into it. But a lot of us don't remember stuff that happened to us in between that time, and so they become subconsciously programmed. So when you talk to a therapist and you say, um, I'm trying to think of something. So I'll think of an example for me because my therapist tells me I'm like her worst client with giving myself grace because <laughs> I, um, I expect the best out of myself all the time and that's not healthy for me. And um, so I'll say, well, this failed because I did this and because I suck. And she says, okay, look, you feel that way because probably at this age, early in your life, you were struggling to get mommy and daddy's love and attention and their affection and all this. You were always striving for their love, but you were always being stifled by your mom's disease or your dad's PTSD or whatever. Your emotions didn't matter. You were always being stifled. So that's why you have this endless need now to be perfect because you've always wanted to be perfect for the people in your life because you always felt like you weren't worthy of their love. That's where a therapist can open a lot of doors for you because they've learned about this and they have learned to see how certain behaviors are influenced by traumas in our life where your friends may not always see that and you especially will not see that, period. You won't see it because it's a subconscious program. The only way for you to be able to see it is through deep meditation when those things come up. But even then, you see it, you feel it, but then once you become consciously aware again, you're like, okay, I saw that and I need to work on these things. Okay. And then you go about your day and you keep doing it because it's a subconscious program. So... Therapy will help you work through that, where you can go to your therapist and you can say, okay, I saw I wasn't giving myself grace today, and I remember this time with my dad where I was really trying to get his love, and he didn't give it to me, so what do I do? That's why I say, what do I do? Like, how do I get through this? What would you suggest? And they'll give you tips. And for me, too, I, I can't move like you can yet. I still have so much trauma held in my body that movement is so difficult. I mean, I tried yoga for three months and I ended up collapsing because I had so much stagnant energy stuck in my body. It made me pass out. So I can't even do yoga right now. It's too much on my body. I have to do somatic exercises, little movements. And I'm sure that you'll learn this in your training too because I didn't even know this. I wasn't consciously aware of this at the time doing yoga either because yoga... I was doing beginner stuff. Well, some little intermediate stuff, nothing too crazy. But I didn't realize, okay, yoga practice every day is great. And that's really something I want to do. But my body won't allow it because it's too much energy moving out of me. And it is actually making me collapse because my body's not ready for that yet. I have to do baby steps. Mm. So everybody's different. Um, but I love talk therapy if you're really trying to work through your stuff. Now, if you're using therapy as another outlet to complain and vent and grope and moan and bitch, don't do therapy. That's their time and energy that they're wasting on you to complain. But if you really want to do the work, I highly recommend therapy. But it's not something that you need 100% because you have made a lot of changes in the last couple of years and you have been able to do a lot of this on your own. I just want. I'm not saying I'm better than you because I don't go oh, no, to no, a no. therapist and I don't do this. No, I'll I'll definitely you know, you know, pull cat aside and be like, hey, do that thing on me that you're talking about. <laughs> 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 Let's do it now. Let's see what happens. And then I just 
you know, whatever comes, comes. And I just, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting. And yeah. I've always had lots of people say how different you and I are. And God, are we different? So different. But yet somehow it works. I don't think I can get along with people like me. Well, I like I told you the other day, if somebody had told me that, hey, one day you're going to be best friends with Kat and you're going to have a podcast and, you know, you're going to this and that and this and that. I'd be like, you're batshit crazy. That's not going to happen. I don't like her. We never talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would be like, podcast? Yeah, right. I hate talking to people. Yeah. And oh, when and we first Kat, started Kat's going to be the one that's going to help you through this spiritual awakening. Why the f- would I go through a spiritual awakening? Oh, because this is going to happen and she'll be there. Don't you don't worry. What the f- you talking about? You're crazy. I know. <laughs> and a lot of people who come into this spiritual awakening say the same thing. I would have never guessed that I would be here X amount of years ago. I mean, like Karen said, she was a scientist. Natalie is a makeup artist. Shannon is a personal trainer. I didn't even know what a spiritual awakening was until. Right. Until it happened. Until everything happened. Right. And then me I too. was just like. Yeah. I didn't really get it. And funny thing is, is um, Nick and I like watching Modern Family. And I've watched Modern Family for a long time. I've always loved that show. And Claire's mom is like some woo-woo hippie lady. Like she loves Sedona and is mm-hmm. talking about really going inside. And they really make her look crazy because that's what they do on TV, yeah. you know. But anyway, that doesn't matter. That's like Phoebe on Friends. She's the woo-woo of the group. Oh, so yeah, I don't... if you watched Friends, you would know yeah, that. I don't watch Friends. So come on, just go ahead. Give it a try. Oh, man. I don't know. I'd rather read a book. Oh, God. I mean, books are great. But could you do yourself a favor for me? <laughs> I don't know. I think I have too many blocks with friends. Oh, good. It's good. just such a trendy thing. And Jennifer Aniston because makes me of vomit. these generation, what are they called? Generation X kids that the, the whiny, I call them the whiny generation because all they do is fucking whine all the time. It became trendy because of them because they're like, yep, I want. I love the 80s. I love the 90s. And then they like took everything from the 80s and 90s and like loved it again. I don't like, know. I think I it had was a bunch of before that, though. I the mean, it Rachel was, haircut. But it was. But then it kind of died off and then it went back up. Mm. And it's like, OK, have you ever walked up to one of these kids and been like, so what was your favorite episode? They were like, I don't know. I'm just wearing the shirt. <laughs> I love the whiny generation because they're bringing back Bob Ross. They're bringing back everything that's old school. But, okay, go back to Claire. That was just a little... But if you think about it, Sarah... Okay, let's just... Hold on. I just want to go real deep here for a second because I just think it's fun. We have to remember to go back to Claire. Who's Claire? I don't know. You were talking about Claire's mother. Modern Family. (laughs) Modern Family. Okay, sorry. So I've always watched that show. And I never knew what all that was that she was talking about. I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. She's crazy. But now watching it, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm totally her. Oh, I'm Claire's mom with my crystals. But, okay, so let's get really deep on why things keep coming back. Okay, I'm super excited. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about why things keep coming back on a deeper level. Because you know how they say history always repeats itself. And you see these trends coming back over and over. And you're like, oh, that was popular when I was first born. And it was ugly but then you find yourself wearing it again so if all of this is a projection of our minds our subconscious minds i'm going to try to make this make sense as much as i can because i'm going to have to tell you about when this clicked when i had this realization so nick and i were driving back from the beach and i was looking at the exit signs and the names of the roads, and almost every exit sign and the name of the roads was someone from my past. And at first, I'm like, oh, my God. Why is the universe reminding me of all these people? Ego. Once I get past ego and I keep seeing these signs, I'm like, what is going on right now? Oh, my God. 
it's not that I have to look at this person or heal this thing from this person. My subconscious mind is putting everything out that I know from my past. So if you look around me, everything around me is a projection of thoughts within my head. So if you're on this cycle, the trends that usually come back are not trends that you aren't consciously aware of. There's never anything new. It's always like a tie-off of something from the past because that's all that's you're consciously aware of in this world is just that little bit. So we actually can't really think of anything new until we, until we raise in consciousness. Does that make sense? Because the, the only thing that's in our head that we can comprehend are these certain trends that we've seen. Because when we're born, we see our parents wearing that trend or people around us wearing that trend. Mm -hmm. But then as we grow, it'll grow into something different. We'll start seeing different trends where we're kids now. So we're starting to see um, like dress up dresses and stuff because as kids, we're so full of imagination. But then we go into teens and it gets to be more punk, angsty, more about like creative energy because you're in that as a kid. But then as you go into adulthood and you start to really fall into social programming, you're working, you're not really creating. Mm -hmm. You're not creating anymore. You're just a part of the program. So then it goes back to what you knew in the beginning, what you saw your parents wearing. And then it'll keep going through that cycle where you'll start seeing the teenage angst again as you grow because you're just going back to what you know because you're a part of the program. So until you start becoming consciously aware and you start creating consciously, you're not going to see anything new. It's always going to be a repeat of history, which is why we're changing history right now because the consciousness of the planet is rising. So war is coming to an end. War is not going to be a repeat of history anymore. We're stopping that trend now because we're raising in consciousness. Mm -hmm. So not saying that our consciousness is based off of fashion. But, you know, that's just one thing that I thought was really interesting, that our subconscious is literally projecting out to us all the things that we've known our whole life until we can raise in our consciousness and start doing new things. Where, which is now, you're seeing that boho is really in. Oh, yeah, that's me. Because a lot of people, <laughs> but though, if you think about it. I don't it, know what my style is. My style is clothes. Right. But if you think about it in the spiritual community, mm -hmm. a lot of us wear boho. But it's because we're more focused on being comfortable. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be in tight, constricting clothes with cheap fabric. We want to feel good. And usually when we feel good, we're flowy, we're comfortable, we're not restricted by clothing. Or you'll see the opposite where they're like, fuck the clothes. I'm going to go natural because this is how God made me. This is my body. I'm comfortable in my body. I don't need clothes. I want to feel comfortable in my body. So a lot of people look at the people in the spiritual community as crazy or they're just trying to get attention. That's the main thing I hear. They're just trying to get attention. Actually, no, they're not. They're just getting out of the program of what society has told us to look like so much, and they're actually creating something new. It looks like they're trying to get attention because they are getting your attention because they're shining a lot brighter now that they're actually stepping into their power and being themselves and wearing the things that make them feel good. Mm -hmm. They could give a shit less about your attention. You're being drawn to them. Because as you become more of yourself, your light gets brighter, your aura gets brighter, and people are drawn to you. So how you said that you have conversations in the middle of Target with strangers is because as you heal, your aura is getting brighter. You're becoming a brighter light. It's like a moth to a flame. Mm -hmm. You draw them in. But yeah, just interesting that you brought that up and I just had that realization. I don't know if I made any sense. No, you did I was thinking that we could keep this episode going somehow and make it a part one, part two. What do you think of that? That's probably a good idea because this has already been super long. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But yeah, 
that was our episode on the Venezuelan medicine woman. We hope that you have enjoyed this enlightening conversation and join us next week to continue. We're excited. Thank you for joining us on this journey to self-discovery and healing. We hope the discussions and the practices we've shared have helped you to raise your vibration and find more peace and balance in your life. Don't forget to be kind to yourself, listen to your body, and trust the process. Make sure to visit our website at vibingconsciouslypodcast.com where you'll find links to listen to our newest episodes, subscribe to our newsletter, and find out where you can find us on social media. If you have a topic that you'd like to be featured on Vibing Consciously or you'd like to be featured as a guest, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Keep up the great work. And remember, if you're feeling, you're healing. Until next time, keep shining your light and spreading your love wherever you go. Namaste.